Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 28. You can follow along with me on the screen. I'm going to speak pretty fast today, so I want to send my condolences in advance to our Spanish translation team and also to our sign language team. I don't know. They're amazing. Verse 26 through 28. Later, God's angel spoke to Philip. At noon today, I want you to walk over to that desolate road that goes from Jerusalem down to Gaza. And he got up and went. Next verse. And there he met an Ethiopian eunuch. Now, just in case you don't know, I figured I would take a second to explain to you what a eunuch is. A eunuch is, uh, how do I say this? Uh, a eunuch is a dude that uh, is missing some stuff. He got fixed like the dogs get fixed. He's uh, snip snip, you know what I'm saying? He's, uh, he doesn't have all his equipment, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to keep it PG, but I think you get the picture. He doesn't, ha- he doesn't have it all. And the reason why he doesn't have it all is because he's in the service of a royal female, and he's not supposed to be a threat to her. So he gave up certain, yeah, to be in that room. And so before you feel bad for him, though, you got to hear the rest of his life because it's pretty cool. An Ethiopian eunuch coming down the road. The eunuch had been on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and was returning to Ethiopia, where he was here. Story gets better. He was minister in charge of all the finances of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Side note, Candace is not her actual name. It's actually the royal title of the queen of the Ethiopians. It would be similar to saying your highness for like the queen of England, where he was where he was minister in charge, and he was riding in a chariot. So see, so you know this guy's got money. He's riding in a chariot. That's like the Tesla of back then. You know what I'm saying? It's got a lot of horsepower. Get it? (laughs) And reading the prophet Isaiah, corny jokes with Pastor JJ. Verse 29 through 30, the spirit told Philip, get in that chariot. So running alongside. Philip, you got to see, you got to do this because you got to visualize how weird this is. Philip heard the eunuch reading, and he was like, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And he answered, how can I without some help? And invited Philip into the chariot with him. You're going to stop running, bro. Come on in. The passage he was reading was this. As a sheep led to slaughter and quiet as a lamb being sheared, he was silent, saying nothing. He was mocked and put down, never got a fair trial. But who now can count his kin? since he's been taken from the earth. He's reading Isaiah chapter 53. It's in your Bible. The eunuch said, tell me, who is the prophet talking about himself or some other? Philip grabbed his chance and using this passage as his text. I love these next three words. He preached Jesus. Put it on my tombstone, babe. That's it. Father of justice and Zane, husband to Liz, he preached Jesus. That's how all my life summarized at the end of it. To him. 
And as he continued down the road, they came to a stream of water. And the eunuch said, here's water. Why can't I be baptized? Verse 36, so he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down to the water, and Philip baptized them on the spot. It's going to happen for some of y'all. We're going to get baptized on the spot. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of God suddenly took Philip off, and that was the last the eunuch saw of him. But he didn't mind. Why? Because he had what he'd come for and went on down the road as happy as he could be. I want to go back to verse 36 to give you the title of my message today. It says, and when they continued down the road, they came to a stream of water, and the eunuch said, here's water. The title of my message today is, here's water. Here's water. If you could be anybody in the Bible, who would you be? I think some of y'all might want to be King David. You know, some people have on their Facebook a description of what do you do for a living. They're like singer, songwriter, you know? King David was way more than that, though. He was singer, songwriter, warrior, king, prophet, priest. He had it all, you know? Maybe that's who you would be, multi-talented. Maybe you would be Elisha. Elisha was so powerful, he could call wildlife to do his bidding. One day, a group of young people were making fun of him, and he sent a bear to go after the group of young people. I don't know if it's Christian, but he did it, all right? How cool would that be, you know what I'm saying, to have the wildlife at your disposal like a Disney princess, you know what I'm saying? Like someone, someone does something to you, and you just sick a flock of birds to drop bombs on the vehicles of your enemies, you know what I mean? Like, that would be dope. But I I think the person that you and I, some of us, try to be more like in the Bible, and I know that you would disagree, but please don't be offended and let me explain. I think that person that we all emulate is the Ethiopian eunuch. And right when I said that, every guy in the room said, uh-uh, I promise, nuh-uh. But take a second to look at his life, because on the outside, everything seems great. Because he is at the top of his profession. He is in charge of all the finances. He is wealthy, driving a chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, which was very expensive to buy at the time, the scroll of Isaiah. People revere him. He is respected. He's got servants. I'm just trying to say, I think we're all trying to be him, because this eunuch has the one thing that America tells you is the pinnacle of life. He has success. He's successful. And the crazy thing about his story is not that he's successful. The thing that breaks my heart about it, because I want you to know right now, we are not anti-success in this church. I think success is great. But if you take a second to think the price he had to pay for that success. He's successful, but because he's a eunuch, it came at the cost of his marriage. Because he can't get married. Because he's a eunuch. He's successful, but it came at the cost of his children. Because he can't have children. Because he's a eunuch. He's successful, but it came at the cost of his relationship with God. Well, what do you mean, Pastor JJ? Well, he was in Isaiah, but he should have read the book of Leviticus, because in the book of Leviticus, he would have read that eunuchs, because of their disfigurement, were not even allowed to become Jewish converts. But he didn't know that, so he drives all the way to Jerusalem, like many of us do when we feel like we're missing something in life, we end up in church. But then when he gets there, he's in church, but then he finds out that he doesn't have a relationship with God, even though he's sitting in the seats. And now he walks away disappointed, heartbroken, and lost. But what we really have in common with the eunuch is the following, that if you just looked at him, you'd want to be him. If you just looked at the appearance of him with his fine linen threads, and he probably had his dope Ethiopian haircut, you know, and his servants running ahead of him and money just, you would go, oh man, I'd love to see this guy because what's wrong with him is underneath the robe because he's a eunuch. 
And so many times we show up in life with the right threads and the right haircut and the right makeup and we look good. But if people could see what we look like underneath the robe, it would, it would break, it would break, it would break us. It would, it would break them. They would know I wouldn't want that because nobody can see it. And if this is the life he wants, all he has to do is keep everything the same. But I love that the eunuch is tired of the way his life is. Even though he's successful on the outside and broken on the inside, he wants transformation. He wants change. And this is where his life changes. Not when he comes out of the water, but in verse 29, running up alongside Philip heard the eunuch reading Isaiah and asked, do you understand what you're reading? How many people know that the eunuch's answer could have gone a couple of different ways? Do you understand what you're reading? And if the eunuch wanted to keep up appearances, he could be like, mind your business, bro. Nobody asked you to run up on my chariot. Get out of here. I didn't ask you for your advice. Like so many of us do when friends try to help us. Mind your business. Nobody asked you. Nobody wants you here. Is it that you don't want their help or you don't want them to see? What's underneath the robe? Or, or he could have just pretended like everything was good. Do you know what you're reading? Absolutely, I know what I'm reading. I have a cousin named Isaiah. And I know the Greek and the Hebrew, and I can break this down five different ways. I am 100% in charge of my relationship. I've got this. I've got this. Like so many of us do. But the eunuch doesn't answer that way. Look how the eunuch answers. Verse 31, he answered, how can I without some help? and invited Philip into the chariot with him. I love the eunuch. I admire his courage because before he could say, here's water, look what he said. He said, I'm here. I'm right here. The first step to transformation, the first step to change is being able to admit, put it on the screen, I'm here. I don't know if you've been getting these notifications from your iPhone telling you if you want to opt out of all the tracking. Have you been getting that? Yeah, my iPhone is telling me right now, do you want to opt out of the tracking? Do you want, do you want this thing to track you? Do you want this thing to track you? I'm like, no. I don't want anybody to track me. I look at all the tracking. I shut it all off. I even shut off my location services. I went a little too far. I was like, I don't need ESPN to track me. I don't need nobody to track me. Just boom, hit the one button. And that's cool. You want privacy? That, I get it. But you're going to be in trouble if you're trying to get somewhere and you got all your location services off. Yeah, I shut everything off, and I got a little too excited when I did that. And then I needed to get home. And I said, hey, Siri, take me home. And then, and then she said, sorry. I said, sorry. You better get me home before I switch to Android right now. I will say, hey, Google, just as quick. You better get me to where I want to go. She says, sorry, I can't help you. She said, but if you turn on location services, because I know where you want to go, but I can't help you get there if you don't tell me where you are. Which now I'm in a bind because I need her help to get me there. But I don't want her to see me here. I don't want her to see me. Listen, there is a thin line between privacy and pretending. Some of us have shut off the location services of our lives in the name of privacy, but it's shifting now. And we don't shut it off with a switch. We shut it off with a smile. (laughs) How are you? Good? Doing real good. You come to church, praise the Lord. Blessed be the name of the most high. We go to work. Welcome to JC's Penny. How can I help you? And on the outside, people think we're walking with angels, but on the inside, we know we're fighting demons and devils. Listen, I'm not saying that I'm anti-privacy. Not everybody needs to know where you are. But my question is, do you know where you are? Because you could play the part for so long, you begin to fool yourself. 
which is why I love our baptism team, those who are getting baptized today so much, because they are not afraid to let you see their location, because they are finally ready to get to their destination. They don't care that you know. They're saying, here's water. Here's what I love about them. They're saying, I'm here, but they're not just saying, I'm here. They're also saying, and I'm not staying here. I'm on a mission. I'm going somewhere. I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I found. I was broken, but now I'm healing. I was alone, but now I've got fellowship and friendship and family. I was here. I am here, but I ain't staying here. But I got to know your location if you ever want to get to the destination. So I don't know where your here is right now. Maybe your here is an unplanned pregnancy. Maybe your here is being three months behind on your bills. Maybe your here is, is being addicted to, to pain medication. I'm not sure, but let me just tell you, however you got there, I'm just so glad that God led you here. How many people know that God led you here? I used to prepare for a sermon. It used to take me 20 hours, Jonathan, 20, but now I've got it down to 10. And the reason why I got it down to 10 was because I recognized I'm not the only one prepping. I started to realize that God's prepping too. And I also realized that you're prepping for the sermon too. You didn't know you were prepping for the sermon? That's why every time I get off the pulpit, somebody comes up to me in the lobby and says, oh, pastor, I was going through exactly what you were preaching about. I said, what's that? We both been prepping. That's why the pipes bursted in your house. It's not the pipes, it's prepping. That's why your girlfriend broke up with you. I'm sorry, by the way. She said, it wasn't you, it's me. It's not you or her, it was prep. Because sometimes God has to prepare your heart to receive what he wants to give you. So he has to do something. Let me show you real quick. Can you just, I need this ball. Would you give me this ball, Richard, for this illustration real quick? Appreciate you, man. You can go back. Thank you so much. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm trying to prove a point. I wanted Richard, I wanted Richard to have the ball, but Richard couldn't catch the ball. Why couldn't Richard catch the ball? Because he was, in he was turning around. In other words, I wanted him to receive this, but he couldn't receive this because he wasn't ready. Stop looking at God and blaming him for, he's throwing out what you want, but you haven't turned to him yet. And so I got to be able to say, I got to go, Richard. See how he looked at me? I had to get his attention. This is my question. What does God have to do to get your attention? What does God have to do in your life to get you to turn to him so that you can receive what you, what you need to receive? And by the way, some people, this is, can you, you're a realtor and you do really good in your business. That's awesome. I bet you're on your phone a lot. A lot. Uh, he said a lot. Texting people a little too much, maybe. We went over this illustration at the beginning of the sermon and he's like, Pastor, this is a little too personal right now. And I said, no, this is good. This is good. Just the phone's going off right now. Some people are so, listen, you got this. And here's the thing, two hands on it because you got to type. You're not a one person typer. Yeah. So. I got this thing I want to give him, but I can't give it to him because he's so focused on his work. So sometimes God has to, so that he could, I just want to encourage anybody who's lost anything this week. I have learned that God is so good that whenever he takes something away, it's because he's ready to give you something else. And the only reason, it's legit ringing right now. And the only reason, can I send it to voicemail? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to send it to voicemail. And the only reason why he took it away was so that you could have his focus because he's got something to give to you. Amen? He led you here. Everything that you went through this week was preparation for this moment right here so that you could say, here's water. Here's water. Uh, you know, yesterday, my son, we had his eighth birthday party, Zane, his eighth birthday party. And, you know, birthdays in our family, they just hit different for us. 
Because as many of you know, and this is just the story of my wife and our lives, and we don't care how many times we share it because it's our story. We lost a child um, many years ago, the year right before our church started. And uh, he was alive for seven hours, and then he passed away. And so when you lose a son for seven, when you have a son for seven hours and then lose him, and then you get another son, and he's alive for eight years, it just hits different. It just hits different. I see him in a way I've never seen him before because of the situations in my life that God brought me through. What I, what, I, what I love about the eunuch is that he says, here's water, but he's talking about water like it's gold. He's talking about water like it's something super valuable or rare. It's just water. But he's talking about it because he's seeing it in a way he's never seen it before because God had to shift some things in his life so that he can see it that way. I, I wrote it like this, if you're taking notes. Sometimes we need to stop searching far and wide for what can only be seen deep and close. Some of y'all looking far and wide for another woman or another man, but your spouse is not the problem. This is the person that God has in your life. But if you would just look at them the way that God intended you to look at them, you can see them for who God intended them to be in your life. Look deep and close. They've always been there. You just never took the second to really look and appreciate. Some of us are searching for purpose, and we'll go from job to job to job. Purpose is in your job right now. You just got to see the people that you work with and see the customers that you interact with and the clients that you have conversations with. I don't need to go out there to find purpose. It's right here. I just needed to look deep and wide, and this is my point. You never look deep. You never look deep and close until something in your life switches for you to see it the way you've never seen it before. The eunuch said, here's water, but water's always been there. Always been there. What changed? His life changed. Here's why I wanted to bring this. Jesus has always been there. You've heard about him in stories. You've watched him in movies. You've seen him hanging on people's jewelry. But until life takes a turn, it's never, you never really see him. And then you go, wait a minute. Here which is what the eunuch said. Here's water. And he realized the thing I was waiting for all along was waiting for me. It was always there. Some of you have been waiting for Jesus to intervene in your situation. Well, if he was really real and really God, then this would have happened in my life. And I just want to let you know, you haven't been waiting on him. He's been waiting on, on you. The eunuch said, I'm not waiting for water. Water's always been waiting for me to get in. And Jesus, you're not waiting on Jesus. Jesus is waiting on you to get in. He's always been there. Spoke to a friend of mine who went through a difficult moment this week, real difficult. And he said, God, where are you? God, where are you? God, where are you? God, where are you? And at the end of it, he just dropped on his knees and he said, I don't know wherever you are, but I'm here and I need you in my life. And I told him on the phone, I said, man, that was it right there. You weren't waiting on him. He was waiting on you to get to that place in your life. But he had to shift some things in life for you to get there. Every head bowed, every eye closed. There are some people in this room right now. Jesus has been waiting on you. He sure has. He's got something in your life he wants to give you. There's a change. There's a transformation coming. And you've been waiting. And you've been asking. And you've been believing. Do this. Do that, Lord. Would you come and rescue me and save me? And Jesus is saying, it's, it's, it's not me you're waiting on. I'm waiting on you to come to me. I've always been there. Here's water. I know it seems common. I know it doesn't seem special. But I'm right here. Jump in. And so if you can hear me today, 
I want to invite you to jump into this relationship with Jesus. I'm not, this isn't for getting baptized. This is just, you are ready to start a relationship with Jesus today. He has been in front of you forever, but you finally see him for the first time. You hear him for the first time. You feel him for the first time today. Don't let this moment pass you. If that's you, when I say three, I want you to raise your right hand up to the sky and say, Jesus, I see you now and I want you in my life all over this building. When I say three, raise your right hand if you need Jesus in your life. One, don't forget what people are thinking. Two, it's between you and the Lord right now. One, two, three. Raise your right hand up high. If that's you, come on. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. What a special moment for beginning relationships with God. What a special moment. We celebrate with you. We celebrate with you. Hey, if you raise your hand, I want you to know you are so brave and you are so courageous. You can put it down. We want to pray with you. Journey Church, if you raise your hand or not, we want to pray with you. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Everybody in the room, Father God, I was waiting on something, but then I found out someone was waiting on me. Today, Jesus, you don't have to wait any longer. I receive you into my life. Change me from the inside to the outside. I've tried to do this by myself, and I can't. I need you, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, give it up for all those who made a decision to follow Jesus. Now, if you would do me a favor, very quietly, nobody leave. Would you stand to your feet right now? I got one more prayer, one more prayer, one more call. Stand to your feet really quickly, but also don't leave. If you are in this room, today and God is he wants to do something special in your life he's speaking to you I want you to know that baptism is open and available for everyone and anyone if you want to seal what God just did with the ceremony if you want to seal it with hey I, I know that I've, life has been tough but I need water and I see it and I'm ready to get transformed and I'm ready to be changed I want to seal this moment with a ceremony I want God to know and I want the world to know my old life is gone and my new life I'm ready for if that's you, when I count to three, I'm going to ask our people who are getting baptized today to go back there. We're going to celebrate with you on three. On three, y'all going to get ready to go. And then, if you're in the seats right now, you better watch out. Back up, because there are going to be some people in the rows right now who need water. And I want you to know, here's water. And we've got everything for you. So you don't got to worry about it. You're going to leave here dry, I promise. But you want to take that step. All you're going to do when I say three is you're going to come out of your seat and you're going to move right here to the side. we got signs that say, I want to get baptized on both sides. Follow them. They'll help you get dressed, changed in a private room. This is between you and God. Here we go. When I say three, if you're ready to step out, make some room for those in the aisles who are going to go public, who are going to go public today. Get ready, baptism people. On three, you're ready to go public, ready to seal it with a ceremony. All over this room, one, I'm ready to get in. Two, I know you've been waiting. Here's water. Here's water. Here's water. Shame, get washed away. Guilt, get washed away. Pain, get washed away. Here's water. That's you. Make your way out. One, two, three. Right now. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, 
Join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.